At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome into the program. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Ewins as we are live in downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino is your spot. A big show lined up today as we have Game 6 of the NBA Finals on tap. Bob Ryan, legendary sports columnist from the Boston Globe and a tremendous basketball mind is going to join us in 45 minutes to see who he likes. Jonathan Von Tobel. On the program, V-SIN's very own senior NBA analyst in uh, two hours. And, Matt, we get uh, two segments out of uh, The Godfather today. Brent Musburger later on. Final hour of the show, we'll talk college football and the NFL with Brent. I'm fired up about that. Um, talk college and the NFL with uh, one of the best to ever do it. Oh, it's going to be great to have Brent on again. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk to him, but he deserves some time off over the summer, and he's going to be cranked up for the football season. You know that. Uh, Brent gets fired up for football. We got JVT in a Hall of Fame sandwich today between Bob Ryan and Brent Musburger. It's pretty good. The, the stories that Ryan and Musburger could probably uh, share going back, the same games that they covered sure. probably together, or you know Brent on the uh, play-by-play side and Bob there writing for the Boston Globe over the years. I mean, the games that they probably watched in the same venues, I mean, completely legendary. Well, they could just tell you a bunch of games, a bunch of stories about Celtics playoff games in the 1980s, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. I'm always fascinated by that. Uh, Mike Pritchard, who does a show here, mm-hmm. Betting Across America on VEASAN. I did a show with him here in Las Vegas for a long time uh, before VEASAN started. Great guy, played in the NFL for 10 years. I like to ask him, it's like the Sean McVay questions that he gets now all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, take us back to week four. Can you remember what happened with three minutes to go before halftime? And he's, his memory's like so sharp. And I've asked Pritch before if he can like recall things that, that happened in like every game that he ever played. And he's like, sure, I can remember. Not the whole game, but bits and pieces from every single game. Yeah. Like Brent and Bob can probably recall bits and pieces from games from the 70s? Oh, I'm sure. You want to go back to the 60s? No doubt about it. I mean, for, right? I mean, just... So we're talking now 50, 60 years ago. They're like, oh, yeah, remember this guy. Sit down. You want a good story? Back in 1968, we're watching Bill Russell play, and this is what happened late in the third quarter. <laughs> well, like, both oh, those my guys God. Are, those guys are great uh, storytellers as well. Raconteurs, I guess you would call them. Yeah. Uh, those guys have uh, a hell of a lot of stories. I can't wait to talk to Bob Ryan and Brent Musburger today and JVT about what might be the last game of the basketball season. Yeah, yeah, it very well could be tonight. Um, but I guess the basketball season continues because then we have the Olympics and then the NBA Summer League. So It goes Olympics, then the draft is actually, what, next week? Mm-hmm. And then it goes right into the Summer League, which is pushed back a good you know month to whatever it is, uh, according to the timeline this year. So it basically is going to be a year-round sport now, the NBA. Based on this schedule, anyway. Yeah, based on this schedule. I think the NBA is going to go back to the old schedule at the end of the season where the finals will end in the middle of June, get back to on a normal uh, type of schedule. But you and I both like it because uh, it's been great to have the NBA playoffs all the way through the middle of July. Yep. 
Yep, and we do have a game six on our hands tonight. Bucks hosting the Suns. Milwaukee is laying five in this spot tonight. Uh, is getting involved with the total. Maybe the best way to approach the game, looking at the pace and overall efficiency from this series, it just might be details on that coming up next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The Milwaukee Bucks home tonight to take on the Phoenix Suns in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Milwaukee leading the series three games to two, winning the last three games. Milwaukee a five-point home favorite, minus 196 on the money line. Phoenix plus 171 with an over-under of 222. As far as team points on the over-under, Phoenix 108.5, Milwaukee 113.5. Favorites to win the MVP award, Giannis Atitacumbo is the favorite at minus 400. Phoenix's Devin Booker is at plus 550. Chris Paul, who saw his stock drop, is at plus 600. Football season is almost here, and our experts profile every college and pro team with advanced stats, power ratings, and best bets for win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide only $20 and is free with your subscription to VSIN. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. I'm Tony Deziri with your action update. Get the latest VSIN odds at VSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Boss and Polly Howard. Top of the morning to you. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans live in downtown Las Vegas. Circus Sportsbook is the spot. As always, as we're getting ready for game number six tonight, NBA Finals, Bucks could close it out against the uh, Phoenix Suns in Milwaukee. They're laying five, Matt, and the total uh, around 222, which, by the way, so far in the series, three games went over the total, one game went under, and one was a push. So I think a lot of people thought maybe coming into this series, it would play out to the under, and it has not done that. If, if Giannis was going to be healthy, it would be a defensive series more so than what we've gotten offensively. And if you look at the pace so far and the overall efficiency, Game 1 had a pace of 101.5 possessions, right? From Game 1, it went to 94.5, down to 97 in Games 3 and 4, all the way down to a pace of 91.5 in Game 5, but it still went over 220, and that's because the offensive efficiency by both teams were astronomical. The Bucks' number was 135.2. The Suns' number was 129.3. So this is playing, in terms of overall pace, it's playing out to where it would go, like generally under a number that around 222. But the offensive efficiency for both teams last game and basically throughout has been really, really good. Does that continue tonight in a game six, or do you see both teams maybe being a little bit tighter? I think a little bit tighter. Uh, that would be my guess. And, you know, the shot-making was off the charts in Game 5. And that's, uh, you look at what the teams combined for 27 made threes. Yeah. And like you said, the offensive efficiency was outstanding. So I would think in Game 6, the shot-making is not going to be as good. The pace probably a little bit slower, more of a defensive type of game. But who knows? I had a very sharp better tell me last night that he likes the over. In oh, this you game did? Tonight. Mm. So, you know, really, if you look at it, four games of 
four of the five games have basically fallen right on the number, right? Right around the number. Very where close. It was kind of a coin flip decision which way it was going to go. And then game five just flew over the total. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion on the total tonight. And I'm not going to bet the side. Right now, the uh, Bucks money line is minus 200 at circa 190 at DraftKings. I'm probably going to play the Bucks tonight, but I'm going to live bet the game. And, uh, you know, if the Suns come out hot like they did in game four, you're going to be able to get a much better number on the Bucks. And uh, that's probably what I'm going to look for tonight. Something that we discussed yesterday. Mm-hmm. If I had to bet the game tonight before it actually tipped off, I would probably go. I'd probably lean Suns plus five because I think they are going to give the Bucks fits tonight. And uh, five is available, by the way, here at Circa and other books as well. I'm saying if I had to, I was right. forced to do it. I'd probably take the Suns plus plus five because I think the Suns can win this game and they can force a game seven. Sure. I mean, they were. If you go back like the last two games. Again, they had the Bucks down in Game Four in Milwaukee until the Bucks rallied in the fourth quarter. And they get if it's not for that all-time defensive play by Giannis, where he recovered, where he's actually covering covering Chris Paul, and then he drops back and recovers and goes and blocks that against DeAndre Ayton. That's tied at 101 apiece. Sure, late and anything can happen in the final minutes. It's there, the Suns easily could have won four of the five games. No in question. The series. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. So they're not that far away. I agree with you. If somebody said it, I had to make a bet on tonight's game, I would take the Suns plus five. Or who knows, if it goes to five and a half today, mm-hmm. I would take the points. I think the Suns are going to make it tough on the Bucks tonight. You've uh, watched the Bucks your entire life. Do you think they're going to make it difficult on their, <clears throat> on their fans tonight? Their, <laughs> their long-suffering fan easy. base? Huh? I don't think it's going to be easy. It's never been easy, no, right? God, it's no. never been easy, so it's probably not going to be easy tonight in game six plus. You know, a lot of times when a team's backed against the wall, and the Suns were up 2-0 in this series, and they got they got a veteran point guard like Chris Paul, who is a very strong leader, and Monty Williams is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. I think the Suns are going to come out uh, fully prepared to make a couple adjustments, and uh, I expect them to play well. And I, I think the Suns will, like you said, have a shot to win this game. Ultimately, I think the Bucks are going to find a way to win it and probably finish off the series. But if you force me to bet it right now, yeah, I would take the five points because I think this is going to be the type of game that could go to the wire. I think so too, and I think the Suns are going to, you know, make it difficult uh, for the Bucks obviously to make them earn it tonight. This is not going to be a. If it is, and I'm wrong, I will, you know, I admit it tomorrow, obviously, and say I'm a dummy. If the Bucks win like 127 to 108 and they breeze by the Suns and win this game, right. I will be shocked at that. I really will be. You don't have to call yourself a dummy if that happens. Uh, but I, think, I think that's probably a given. If if the Bucks do go wire to wire in a, in a blowout, I would be surprised. I think the Suns are going to show up tonight. Uh, here's the thing. Okay, so uh, again, the offensive efficiency I think will come back to the pack for both teams. The Suns shot lights out in that first quarter to give them that 16-point lead. I don't think that'll continue uh, tonight uh, You know, for – you know, maybe for a stretch it will, but for the whole game or for a quarter or for a half, I don't think so. But also, I don't see where the Bucks are going to have their big three step up like they did in Game 5. Mm-hmm. That's the first time maybe all playoffs long where Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday right. all played exceedingly well mm-hmm. all at the same time. Right, not, it's not going to happen tonight. Where all three guys shoot the ball really well and uh, play at a high level on the offensive end. Probably two out of three will. But like you That's said, fair. how many times in the playoffs have we seen all three? Mm. You know, it happened in game five, probably not going to happen in game six. Just doesn't seem to happen back-to-back uh, for this team. The thing is also with the Suns, like I think you can rely, as you're looking at the player props right there, 
Booker is 30 and a half tonight. Well, that's a big total. Uh, Paul, 21 and a half, 8 and 16 and a half. I think like their starting five has established themselves already, Matt, mm-hmm. as consistent enough to where, you know what, I can see all five of those guys pushing those numbers. So right. I think they're going to mm-hmm. show up. It just it, it, Both teams shot 50% or better in terms of their starters in game five. That might be the first time that's ever happened in the right. NBA Finals history. Right. But I do think like you can rely on all five of those guys to actually show up and have decent games or good games. It's just going to depend on how many guys do it for the Bucks tonight. And you saw the numbers there for Giannis and Middleton. Like Giannis is 32 and a half. Middleton is 25 and a half. Holiday is 19 and a half. I don't, I can't imagine again where the Bucks have Giannis going for 38, Middleton goes for 29, and Holiday goes for 25. That just, it's, it's a big ask. Certainly is. 19 and a half is a big number for a, a holiday point prop, too. Uh-huh. So if I played one number in terms of uh, the point props, I'd probably play him under. Anything else you see on that, uh, that prop chart we're looking at that, uh, that you would consider playing tonight? Mm, let's see here. Is Pat Connaughton still at one and a half made three-pointers? Yeah. Obviously, and- that's not on, on the chart. He's coming off the bench. Connaughton, by the way, is I think two made three pointers away from from setting the record for most three pointers made by a player off the bench in the NBA Finals. Who would have guessed that, right? Before the series started, or actually as it's unfolded, he's right. had a really nice series. But still, that's that's a big accomplishment if you can actually pull mm-hmm. that off and to actually be in the conversation or be in the mix. That's re- that's really good. I've actually heard some more people now, and we had Chris Miles on from NBA TV. He loved the series. Uh, I was watching some other people last night, and they said the same thing. Like, this has been, stop complaining. The series has been awesome. The first three games, not so much. But again, the last two and the individual performance have, mm-hmm. have been steady every single game. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to hate. No. Uh, every game's not going to be close. Every game's not going to be spectacular. You know, I covered a lot of Chicago Bulls playoff series in the 90s, and uh, some of those finals were not that great. Uh, the, the final against Utah in 1998 was great. Yep. You know, especially the way it ended, but not every game was. Some of the games were blowouts, uh, so people tend to forget that sometimes. You're not, you're not going to have six instant classics, you know, in the NBA Finals. This is not the way it happens. You might have uh, two or three really good games and two or three forgettable games. I still go back to, I think most people are just disappointed it's not the Lakers and the Nets yeah, for sure. and something like that in the Finals, and they just can't get over the fact, well, it's the Suns and the Bucks. This is boring. And the first two games were not that. Not that great, but game five was off the charts. Okay, let's do an early edition here of uh, Ask Matt. Some questions on the NBA Finals, game six tonight. Ready for this? Fire away, Good man. Good to go? Yep. Okay, this is a tweet from Chris Maddox I want to run by you and ask you, where would you rather watch the game tonight, uh, inside the arena or with 65,000 fans at the Deer District? As Maddox tweeted out, one went away from the title. The Bucks say 65,000 fans will be allowed in that outdoor Deer District tonight. I'd rather watch the game at a bar in Las Vegas at the Circus Sportsbook or at my house. Oh, you would? Is that an option? No, it's not an option. you got to answer, answer the question. I definitely am not going to watch it with 65,000 fans at the Deer District. Even if I'm a diehard Bucks fan, there's no way. 65,000 fans? Uh-huh. How hard would it be to get a drink or even... Get some space to walk around. They better have like whatever. One... How, what happened to social distancing? By the way, and mask wearing. I just spent the whole day Sunday in airports, and you got to wear a mask and stay six feet away from people. Do you think that's happening out here at the Deer District tonight? Not a chance. 
wasn't that long ago the Bucks were not even allowing fans in the arena, right? Yep, yep. Okay. You know, what's funny is that uh, spending the entire week in California last week, uh-huh. I, I saw like some of the news reports that they were going to uh, buckle reinstate, down again. Yeah, yeah reinstate and, the mask. Yep. Yeah. And I'm watching the Dodgers game last night. I, I don't. Maybe it's become second nature. I didn't see one person with a mask. Well, on. I think that's indoors, right? In California, is it only indoors? Okay. I think it's just indoors. Okay. You don't have to do it at like places like Dodger Stadium. I wonder if anybody's going to get drunk tonight in Milwaukee. Oh boy! Oh boy! You th- they better they better have uh, the police working uh, overtime. Yep. Uh, on that note, uh, best <laughs> item to celebrate with tonight. And the, if the Bucks win tonight, yeah. What's what's the scene going to be like in downtown Milwaukee? Well, that entire state. Uh, I, I would never say this in my entire life. The state might run out of beer. That can't happen. That can't happen. That can't happen. There, there are plenty of beer. Yeah. Uh, best item to celebrate with tonight or this week if Wisconsin, uh, in Wisconsin, if the Bucks win. Here are your options. Fish fry, brats and sauerkraut, deep fried cheese curds, or every ounce of Old Milwaukee wow. ever filtered. Yeah, there's more beer in uh, Wisconsin than there is oil in Texas. They're not going <laughs> to run out. I'm going to go fish fry. I'm going to surprise you here. You probably thought I was going to answer D, Old Milwaukee. Oh, there's some good options which, on that uh, list. I think I drank a lot of Old Milwaukee in college. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go fish fry. If you've ever been to a fish fry in the Midwest, oh, yeah. incredible. Dynamite. Bring your own booze and go to the fish fry. Yeah, the fish fry is probably... Although probably I'm sure you've been to some fish fries in Wisconsin. Every... I mean, when I... Great. You know, I went back last year in May uh-huh. for a month to Wisconsin. I think we ate fish. I'm not kidding. It's five, six times. Catfish or something else? Uh, usually sunfish. Okay. You know? Uh, maybe some walleye thrown in there mm-hmm. for good measure. Some perch occasionally. Uh, some homemade tartar sauce. Oh, it's so good. I could eat it the way they... Oh, God. It's, but but if you also go to the right spot with deep fried cheese curds, they are insanely good. They have those at Culver's, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, even if the Bucks win the championship, should they consider tinkering with their roster for next yes. year? Yes. Yeah. You always have to try to get better. You're not trying to take a step forward, Mitch. You're taking a step back. Now, but I th- obviously, uh, the Bucks, even if they win it, have to make improvements. Because let's be real about this. If the Nets were at full strength, the Bucks would not be here today. Oh, yeah. So you can't be complacent and think, well, we have a championship team. We could probably get back next year. You would not have a championship team if two of the Nets' big three didn't go down. So, yes, you, you definitely have to try to get better. They're going to have to add some depth, right? Oh, you've got to try to improve the bench for sure. No that, doubt. That's the number one thing. Yep, sign players to the minimum, that kind of a thing. And uh, at this point, if they do win it, you know, tonight, I'm sure you're going to get some of those, uh, you know, longtime vets who have been around not to win a title. They're like, ah, I'll go there and sign. They mm-hmm. just won it. Let me, let me latch on to uh, Giannis's wagon right now, see if I can help him repeat and get a title for myself. You don't think you just sign another one of Giannis's brothers? <laughs> I guess that could happen, okay. sure, yeah. Um, okay, last one for you here and Ask Matt. Overall, how good of a nickname is Greek Freak in the landscape of sports? And I, I, I thought of, and I was looking at a list of best nicknames ever yesterday, and you could probably, we could talk about this for an hour if we wanted to, but we won't. Um, some of the ones that stood out to me, the great one obviously is very, very strong. Magic Johnson, come on. Uh, Broadway Joe, Refrigerator Perry, The Mailman, Carmelone. There are, are many, many others that make the list. Those are all great ones. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks as a kid snake stabler oh yeah very good nickname um i have to go with magic johnson because it's got a double meaning okay 
I think I think he lived up to the nickname Magic Johnson in more ways than one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So that's your favorite one ever? Well, it's favorite one on that list. I mean, I, I was thinking about this when, when you sent uh, the options, you know, which nicknames were better. Yeah, there have been so many great nicknames in the history of sports. Sure. Uh, but I will say though, the Greek freak is a Greek freak is a great one. It's a very he good is a freak. He yes, lives he up is. to that nickname right. every time you watch him play. The guy can do things I've never seen another player do on the basketball floor. He is six eleven, with the wingspan of a pterodactyl, and he can dribble. He can handle the ball sometimes like a shooting guard. Sure, and he can take basically. And, and he's a great defender. Awesome obviously. defender. Yeah. One of the best in the entire league. If he just if somehow he would develop a three-point shot, I mean, forget about it. It's all over then. Well, he's not the perfect player. Not too many people are. Even Michael Jordan had trouble hitting threes throughout yep. most of his career. So, uh, But the freak uh, has definitely lived up to that name. I, I, I was at the NBA draft. It was it? That was 2013. 2013. Yeah. I was at that NBA draft in Brooklyn. I covered that. And that was when Anthony Bennett from UNLV went number one to the Cavs. Yeah. And the freak, I think, went 13th or 14th. I'm going to say 14th in that draft to the Bucks. You look back on that, what a blunder by a bunch of scouts to overlook an athletic freak like this and look at all the duds who were picked in front of him in, in that draft. At least 10 guys picked ahead of him in that draft who had nondescript careers. It uh, turned. I went and looked last night. I think it went 15th overall, actually. It was it 15th? Okay. Uh, that was one of the weakest drafts. Oh, Horrible right, draft. in history. And he went 15th, 15th in a terrible overall. draft. Oh. It's a very good nickname. Greek Freak is... How, uh, many, how many scouts should be fired for that? And that's a good question for Bob yeah. Ryan. Because did the Bucks get lucky? Did they think he was going to turn into this guy? What did they actually, you know, well, think about a, him when they took him? That's a job of a scout to project that. Yeah, right, right, right it is. Yeah. Sure, yep. Up next, a betting rant recap, including uh, late-night results in Major League Baseball. The Red Sox became the first team in Major League Baseball history to accomplish this last night. Today from the OddTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino. Go to OddTrader.com, download the free OddTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info that you need. You're going to get real-time bet tracking. You can also compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses. The website is OddTrader.com. Nice call by you yesterday on the Giants at a plus-120 price against the Dodgers last night. They got to uh, Gonsolin right away in the first inning with a three-spot off him, back to, yeah. uh, back-to-back home runs. Dodgers came back with two in the bottom half of the first. Yes. But that's all they could muster last night. And uh, Giants got the job done again, winning 7-2. to Giants are legit. You know, we've been talking about this for uh, several weeks now. They still lead that division. Dodgers had to close the gap, and the Giants got, I thought, a pretty important win last night. And with your ace on the mound against the Dodgers, that was a game the Giants really had to get with. Kevin Gossman's been outstanding. but. He has had some problems against the Dodgers, especially in first innings in his last couple starts, but he was able to uh, overcome that and settle down last night, and that was a nice win. Uh, 
I think I ended up with plus 122. I told you I was going to wait for a much better, uh-huh. hopefully a better price on the Giants, and uh, 122 was as good as I could do. But uh, that worked out pretty well. How bonkers was that Mets-Reds game? Crazy. <laughs> so the Mets took a three-run lead in the first, <laughs> right? Yeah. The Reds came back and got a four spot of their own. And then led seven three. to three, right? Yeah, then they led seven to three. Yeah. Um, that was after the second. And the Mets came back to make it seven, six after the fourth. And then eventually it goes to extras. They each score a run in the 10th. The Mets then get five in the top of the 11th. The Reds only got one. Final score, 15 to 11. 15 to 11. We talked about how anemic the Mets have been offensively, and then they put up 15 runs last night. Uh, but, you know, occasionally you're going to erupt, and that's what happened against the, the Reds pitchers last night. And, you know, in Cincinnati, that park, when it's hot and humid, the balls fly out of that park. And they were 26 runs last night. Hopefully no handicappers out there gave out under 11. Uh, that would have been a uh, bad call. Well, that's... Think about that, though. I know Cincinnati's ballpark is very, you know, hitter-friendly, but 11 for a total in that game, and it flies over. Yeah, especially when the Mets have not been scoring. Yep. Uh, but they scored 15 last night. That was the wildest game of the night, but it was a it was a pretty memorable night in baseball. There's some things that happened that have not happened in quite a while, Mitch. Well, here's the, uh, in fact, something that happened for the first time ever last yeah. night. The Red Sox, with what they did to the Blue Jays, Red Sox became the first team in Major League Baseball history to score eight-plus runs in the uh, top of the first inning, with all of them coming on home runs. You know, it's amazing to me that's never happened in baseball history. When you think about the number of games that have been played in MLB, then that's never happened. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen a couple of games here in the past year where teams have put up 10 or 11 runs in the first inning. And just... To say that that's never happened in baseball history, I wow. Uh, that, that actually surprised me last night. Didn't you say yesterday that a lot of veteran baseball guys, and I've heard this too, calling games or watching watching games every day, say they see something almost every day in yep. baseball that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a perfect example. Right, yes, <laughs> it did. That literally was the first time it yeah. ever happened last night <laughs> in the Red Sox game. So uh, they're a game and a half up right now on Tampa. Uh, that's probably the well one of the best races, if not the best races in the entire sport right now. And uh, you kicked around the idea of taking Tampa plus 170 if you could find that yesterday. It's going to come down to the wire between those two. I don't, I don't know if the Blue Jays can make a run for the division title. Can the Yankees? The Yankees are seven and a half back as we speak. Can they? Yes. Will they? I don't think so. I think so. No. And it's probably going to be... Yankees, they will need to get Luis Severino back. They're going to have to make a couple moves. Got to add a left-handed bat. They probably have to add at least one arm in addition to Severino to have a shot. And I don't think the the Yankees are going to make a move for Max Scherzer. Doesn't look that way. You convinced that the Nationals are going to be sellers, though? I'm not convinced, but I think that the uh, Nationals would like to move Scherzer because they really don't want to pay him You know what Scott Boris is going to ask. Sure. They are currently six back, which there's a lot of baseball left. And the way the offense is humming right now, Trey Turner is ha- having a great season. And look at what Juan Soto is doing now. Mm-hmm. The uh, home run derby didn't take a damn thing out of him. He is maybe the hottest player in baseball. Yeah. There's a lot to like about the Nationals. I I still think they probably will lean toward being sellers with Scherzer if they can get the get you know the right offer. Would you? 
I think he would have to. I think he'd have to, yeah. At this stage of his career with all the mileage on him, if you can get uh, a big haul in return, I would look to deal him. And I wonder if today's the day that Otani gets a rest. He deserves one, man. I mean, he, he pitched really you, well last night. I can't say I handicapped that game perfectly, but I got the win with the A's last yeah. night at even money. But Otani was lights out again for six innings. Uh, he got a double. Uh, he did everything for the Angels. And Joe Madden screwed it up with a move to the bullpen. I like a very ugly dog tonight in baseball. That's coming up next. Moss has got an ugly dog he likes in baseball tonight. If you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find a game you want to bet on. Tap tips. And you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, golf, and other sports. It'll make your experience more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, only one time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. This offer is valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be 21, BetRivers.com. Well, now it's even money, and in all honesty, I uh, ran out of time before the break. I was going to call him a dog-faced gremlin, which is probably a reference that you don't get. It's a wrestling thing. Maybe we're going to have rest. Yeah, I have not, I've not been watching much wrestling <laughs> lately, no. So the dog-faced gremlin that we have... <laughs> Uh, going today. Nasty, you know, numbers from the outside. But if you really dig deep and look on the inside, you might find some beauty. It's uh, Dane Dunning for the Rangers going against the uh, Tigers after that 14 spot by Detroit last night against the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers had a rough night. Yeah, they really did. So Dunning overall, again, not pretty. Three and six over 79 innings, a 4 2 2 ERA. You know, he walks a lot of guys, almost 3.2 for nine innings. But if you dig a little bit deeper, uh, the FIP. And the XFIP, much better than the ERA. Almost a full run better. The FIP is 3.35. The XFIP is 3.57. Ks per nine at uh, almost 10. Well, you know what? We'll round up here. No, we won't. It's 9.68. Uh, doesn't walk. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of home runs, I should say. 0.8. And a BABIP of 361. So look at how unlucky the guy's getting. Uh, the FIP and the XFIP don't lie. The ERA can lie sometimes. And again, the BABIP is just, you know, unfortunate to have batting average of balls in play at 361 is way above the league average. And at even money, uh, I know the Rangers stink out loud, but <laughs> they might be getting my money today. Yeah, what makes the Rangers really ugly is uh, the fact they are 13 and 34 on the road. In the last 10 games, are 2 and 8. And uh, that's with a 195 batting average and a 696 team ERA, and they've been outscored by 44 runs in the last 10 games. Oh yeah, yep. I don't think they've scored since Sunday. <laughs> but well, no, going back, I before what, no, what did you're I betting see last this night? Based on, on. Uh, based on the pitch. Yes, you are. This is basically a pitching based handicap, right? Yep, that would not Which, be that impressive. I want to go back and find exactly what this is. They, I'm sorry. They have not scored since Friday. Wow. Really? 
They played a doubleheader on Sunday. The game uh, uh, on Saturday was postponed because of uh, weather against Toronto. They got shut out 5 nothing and 10 nothing in the last night, 14 nothing. They mm-hmm. scored two runs on Friday, one on Sunday, four on Saturday. They got a 3-2 win on Friday. I mean, it is just ugly. It's a hold-your-nose type of situation, but I'm going to probably be back in Texas tonight at even money. Well, it's, uh, the last couple of days have been uh, okay if uh, you bet the Rangers under 67 wins for the season, which uh, I did. I think did I. You, you did. I know Randy McKay, big Randy, also bet that. He's been tracking uh, the Rangers' progress or lack of it. On a daily. They are 35-59. and 59 going into tonight's game, but they've been atrocious on the road. Yep. Um, let me point out some other pitchers where the numbers might be a little bit different, you know, the, the deeper that you dig. Aaron Nola goes tonight, uh, 4.53 ERA, easy to laugh at. Mm-hmm. Um, Phillies are taking on the Yankees. He's actually laying a dollar nineteen right now here at Circa. Herman goes for the pinstripers. Uh, but Aaron, a, a 3.47 FIP, and his, bat, his BABIP again, 331, so a little unlucky. And I watched Aaron Nola start against the Yankees in mid-June in Philly, and he dominated and shut down the Yankees lineup. He went seven and two-thirds, allowed three hits, one walk, struck out nine, and uh, the Phillies won that game 7 nothing. So the Yankees, uh, Yankees hitters were clueless against Aaron Nola the first time around. I, you know, Initially when I saw that line, I thought, ah, I might take a look at the Yankees at, mm. at the dog price, but I, I recalled that Nola start had watched the last time, and – I'll probably pass on that. Give you another guy tonight that goes. Baltimore, now they're a huge dog tonight, uh, catching almost 170 against the Rays in McClanahan. John, mean goes, uh, John Means goes for the Orioles. 2.28 ERA, very respectable. In fact, better than that. But the FIP, almost mm-hmm. two runs higher at 4, 4.20. And this guy has been very fortunate with batting average with balls in play, 192. So when players make contact and it's a fair ball, they're actually batting 192 against him on the season. That is, I mean, count your blessings if you're this guy. Yeah, but Means, is he's been legit. He's good. Season. No, he's good. He's fine. He's been, I, I don't think that's all that deceiving. Sometimes when you look at Babbitt, uh, maybe a guy's get, giving up hard hit balls or uh, line drives, and other guy's giving up weak contact on balls. And that's play. true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Uh, so you had the Giants last night. How are you uh, attacking this game tonight? If you are, are you going to stay away? Well, I'm not sure who the Dodgers are going to start. I watched Dave Roberts' post-game uh, interviews last night, and he said he was undecided on a starter. He, he says he's probably going to start a lefty. Do we have a pitcher named? I don't see a pitcher yet in uh, this game. I'll look around. So uh, it makes it hard to handicap at this point. And the Red Sox, fresh off of their whooping of the Blue Jays last night, they go again tonight against Toronto, and it's uh, Richards against Manoa. Manoa, on the year, his numbers, he's only pitched 40 innings, Matt, but he's looking at a 2.90 ERA and a 4.26 FIP. Mm-hmm. So the FIP almost a run and a half higher, and the bat up there for him is 233, and the Red Sox offense got it going last night against that team. I like Alex Manoa. I, I think he's uh, got some potential, but with the way the Red Sox offense can get it cranked up, I think I'll pass on that game. Actually... Thomas Hatch is listed on our graphic as a Blue Jays. Oh, is there is there probable change? starter? Okay, I don't know. Well, th- this would be this would you know come as no surprise whatsoever because uh, tracking probable starters this year in Major League Baseball has been a Houdini act, and you can go to five different sites to see who's going to be going. You might get four different answers. Right. 
So it's been tricky this year. Even on the day of, like right now, I mean, we have plenty of hours to go before first pitch in all these games, but some some sites won't have anybody listed yet. Yeah, as far as baseball goes, man, some days I might like five games, some days I might like none. You know, that's, yesterday, that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday yeah. I liked two or three. Today I'm, I'm, I might have one baseball play if I can come up with one, uh, but I don't really like the baseball schedule today. It's fair enough. It's follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I will say this Marquez goes tonight for the Rockies. He's a big favorite against the Mariners. Check his home road splits. He has been phenomenal at home on the season. Almost had that no no a couple of starts back. Mm-hmm. He took it into the ninth inning. Uh, legendary sports writer and basketball mind Bob Ryan's going to join the show next. Uh, I want to ask him this. If I handed him $10,000 to make a, one bet on tonight's game, only one bet, which bet would he make? We'll ask he that he might just keep the $10,000. Huh? Time to put on your lucky pair of Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction just might make you $10,000. The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming, and there we say free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 Gs could be yours. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. We were talking about some of the best nicknames in sports and I wonder what Bob Ryan thinks of uh, the best nicknames in basketball history. How about Cedric Cornbread Maxwell? That's really That's good. Well, that, that came from a movie, of course, Cornbread Earl and Me, and, and he never really liked it that much. <laughs> On the team, uh, as the years went by, he was mostly known as Max rather than Bread. In the beginning, they called him Bread or Cornbread or Bread uh, a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, but that one, uh, but basketball, you know, I'm trying to think of, and he mod- the best one in my, in my lifetime, in my experience, I won't say lifetime, but my, my working experience by far was the refrigerator. Uh, excuse me, the refrigerator, the microwave, and it was because of the refrigerator. I don't know if you know the derivation of Vinnie Johnson's nickname, but uh, after the X time he had torched the Celtics, although they did win that particular game, Danny Ainge said, if they call that guy in Chicago the refrigerator, then they should call Vinnie Johnson the microwave. Yep. Up in a hurry. How about a guy, Bob? I'm no. I'm sure you got to see you play plenty. I never really did, just a little bit when I was young. But Pistol Pete Maravich, how good was oh, he? Oh yeah, yeah. He he, he uh, was extraordinary. He was a, he was a show. First of all, he was a show, and then he 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 looked at basketball as an art form, and he put on a show. Um, his ball handling skills. When you look at what Curry does before the game and all that, or think about any ball handlers that you know of now in this contemporary game. Uh, None of them were better than Pistol Pete. He, he, he was a, uh, a, a magician with the basketball. Um, I, I, but the, the thing, Pete was a very complicated human being, and playing for his father in college and being allowed to score 44 points a game uh, was not really the best thing, should, you know, thing for his career, frankly. And a very complicated person. I liked him a lot. We had him at the end of his career. His last uh, half season was with the Celtics. And, uh, uh, but that, he, he was 
uh, too bad you didn't see a lot of them or people didn't see him. They would appreciate him. He, he, he would flourish in any era. So, Bob, earlier today, Matt was uh, saying that when you go back and look at that 2013 NBA draft and Giannis went 15th overall, he said there's a lot of blame to throw around for the, for the first 14 teams that you know, elected to pass on Giannis. And you go back and look at that draft. It was not a good draft. It was maybe one of the weakest in history. So, like, how difficult is that process, though? Like, Giannis never looked like this back in 2013. He developed his body and now looks like he does today. So, how, how like, were the Bucks good? Were they visionaries back in 2013? Did they have the right plan? Were they a little lucky? How Because it's not easy to find, like, that needle in the haystack of the draft a lot of times, right? I'd be more inclined to say they lucked out. And, and someone saw something, and, and, and as you say, it was a, a mediocre at best draft. And, and they took a shot on this tall, skinny kid from Greece, uh, and, and it's worked out beyond anyone's wildest imagination. Uh, I think to play that game uh, is, is a cheap shot uh, uh, any time. Uh, well, you didn't take so-and-so, the guy that went before you. Uh, I remember that a lot of people talked about that a lot with Carl Malone. What was, what was he, 13th? Something like that. Mm-hmm. He was in the teens, right? And, and so you can go over the list of guys that went before Carl Malone. Uh, you can play that game all the time. I, I was just playing that game. I want to give uh, some credit to the Bucks, but most of all, uh, that was luck. And, and, and he, he made himself into what he is today, and, and he is a truly sui generis. We've never seen anything within this particular package. At that size, that agility, uh, that body control, um, etc. cetera, uh, at, at, he is a, he's a, a unique player. I mean, I know that this is kind of a, 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 you know, it's a common narrative at this point, but if he can develop, and he's working on it, he just hasn't developed it yet, but if he develops like a consistent three-point shot, he's going to be like the, potentially like the single greatest player to ever step on the hardwood, right? Well, that's a, uh, he would be certainly, it would enhance the, the story, and, and then you'd say, what do you do? You know, what can right. you possibly do? Right now, you want to keep him in front of you, you want to keep him, you want to make him take the shot. People were able to do that in the last two playoffs. They're not consistently able to do that in this one, as we've seen. And, and, uh, and that's one of those great stories of, of this finals. Um, yeah, if you, if you made him into, well, then he would be Durant plus. That's what he would be. There you mm-hmm. go. He would be, he would be Durant plus. And that, that's, a rather, that's a rather frightening thought. Yeah, saying a lot right there. Follow him on Twitter at GlobeBobRyan. And, uh, Bob, when you've watched this NBA Finals, the Suns got up two games to nothing. A lot of people in the media were saying, ah, this is over. Maybe the Bucks can win a game or two. What were you thinking after game two? You've seen a lot of these finals. You know, yeah. series uh, are all about adjustments. And what have you seen that the Bucks have done to turn this around in their favor? Fortunately, I, I can prove what I'm about to tell you because mm-hmm. it's out there, an audio proof. I said, look, it's 2-0. You know how many 2-0s I've seen turn into 2-2? Just on my experience, how many, how many I covered, I don't know. Because they will happen all, happen all the time. That's, that's, that's the nature of the beast. It's why mm-hmm. it's a series. You know? And so I said, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if it's going to be, they'll, they'll go back home, it's 2-2. And exactly what happened. Now, and the next thing is, uh, the odds are that the home team wins game five, and they didn't. And, and that, you know, I, I've covered those series, too. I'm sorry, I just relied on, I've seen it all. And, I, you know, sort of in that regard, I've seen all the... Uh, so, no, I, I just said, let's go. Strap it up. We're ready to go. And, and so here we are. We're at, we're at six. And, and, and I've seen six. I've seen series. I'll give you one, 1988 Celtics and, and um, Hawks. I'm just off the top of my head because I was there. Uh, the Celtics lose game five at home and 2-2. We go down to Atlanta. They win. 
to come back to Boston and had that epic bird Dominique shootout. Was it wouldn't it be nice if we had something like that happen here this year? You know, if, just for the hell of it and end the season that way. But uh, that's asking for a lot. Yeah, it is. Although the uh, individual performances so far through five games on a night in night out basis in the finals has been, I mean. One night, it's Middleton and Booker going for 40. Then it's Giannis going for back-to-back games with 40. Booker did it back-to-back games. The shoot, the, Bob, the shot-making in Game 5 was sensational. I mean, that run for the Suns where they hit 12 out of 13 shots in the first quarter, and then the offensive efficiency for the rest of the game for both teams was absolutely off the charts. So it's been a pretty high-level series here. Yes, it is, and I'm glad because, you know, after all we went through last year, all the basketball world and the world world went through last year in 2020, we... we it was nice to have a real good playoffs, which we've had, and have a nice final in that regard. Uh, yes, uh, you're right about the shot making. By the way, when they were making, they made 10 in a row, and Oxley made an 11th, which was negated by a whistle before, and then they made a 12th, and it, would have, but it was also negated by a whistle. They actually made 12 in a row, but then we got credit for 10. And, 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 they, and yet they didn't win. I'm going to anticipate a question already, I, I think. What, what, what's the difference in this series? The difference in this series, when you get right down to it, the difference. Ultimately, when you get through all the individual achievements and we can cite them and, and, and all the praise for all the great player, the plays, it, we get to that point in the game which Magic 35 years ago or so told us was win-in time. And when win-in time came in, in the last two games, it's the Bucks who made the winning plays and the Suns who didn't. That's that. Bucks have, made, have taken over win-in time. And, and, of course, culminating with that spectacular uh, 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 collaboration of, of uh, Holiday and, and Giannis the steal, and then the, the auto-oop and the finish. So the Bucks are now laying five points tonight, Bob, in the game. Uh, the total is 222. Obviously, with the, with the win, they close out the series and the champions. Uh, if I gave you $10,000 right now, and you were out here in Las Vegas at the Circus Sportsbook with me, and I said, Bob, there's a caveat, though. Here's 10000 bucks. You have to make one bet on the game tonight. How would you bet it? My first temptation would be to go Suns just because I say the Bucks won't cover. But the more I, I, I think about it, uh, you know, the, the head over the heart, the Bucks have established that they have more weapons. And, and they've got, a, uh, you know, not just the big three, but Connaughton and Portis. Who, uh, uh, I, I don't see the Suns having enough weapons anymore. Uh, I, I think that is. So I would go take it, the Bucks, take the five. I mean, give, you know, give them, the, I want the Bucks with that. So they pull away fourth quarter, and they uh, you know win by six, seven, eight, ten points, something like that. Is what you think? Yeah, I mean, if if I had to, yes. If you, you know, now I'm going to be rooting for the Suns just because I want to go seven, and I want this to keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I but uh, and I, I I have reason to root for each team, you know, in terms of personal, you know, think thoughts and all that. Uh, I, I, there's nothing to dis- dislike about either team for me, so I, mm-hmm. I'll live with either outcome, you know. But uh, but if you put me in the position that you cited, then uh, I, I would, you know, shakily, but I'd say, okay, I think that's a fair way to go. I'll, take, I'll put the money on the Bucks. I love Game 7s as well. Bob, uh, all the NBA Finals you've covered, what's the best Game 7 you've seen? The best Game 7 wasn't for the, in the Finals. It was, it was um, <clears throat> 1987. Uh, well, the two. Uh, the two. Right, hard to pick. Two back-to-back. In 1987, the Celtics over the Bucks, uh, over the over the Pistons. After the Birds stole that ball in Game Five and set up Game Six, uh, and, and Game Seven was a phenomenal uh, fourth quarter. Uh, and and Bird took over that game. That's the game in which Rodman shot off after the game, and Isaiah 
backs them up and you know and all that. Um, if he would just be another, if he were white, if he uh, black, he'd just be another good guy and all that. Right. But how can you top the the showdown of of? of no, how can you you can? But that Bird Dominic shootout was the, the middle of that fourth quarter when they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's a game, guys, in which there were 235 points scored and a total combined of 15 turnovers. That's Matt, offensive Matt, efficiency. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty solid, I would say. And, and if everybody remembers, and we all remember, I just got too babbling about Bird and Dominique. Doc Rivers had 16 points and 18 assists. Uh, Randy Whitman was 10 for 12. Mikhail quietly had 33. I would like to show modern fans with the and, and the three point shot was a minimal, you know, little yeah. nuisance. I'd like to show people that game and 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 and, and then put the sodium pentothal in them and say, you really think this game is more entertaining today with people throwing up threes every five seconds than that game you just saw? Really? Okay. All right, Bob. <laughs> uh, thanks so much yep. for the time today. Enjoy the game tonight. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. Again, follow him on Twitter. He is at Globe Bob Ryan. Been around covering this sport for a long, long time. Up next, Matt, I think this was a strong addition to an already terrific defense as the rich get richer.